Welcome to the MTB Tribe Podcast, your trail map for the world of mountain biking. And now, I'll introducing your host, Gareth Beckett. Howdy, mountain bikers. Thanks for being here and welcome to episode number 93 of the MTB Tribe Podcast. I'm here to help you find out more about mountain biking, how to get out in the trails, keep you stoked, and hopefully learn a little more about mountain biking and the people involved. So thanks so much for tuning in. I really do appreciate it. And to everybody that took part in the Vitus First Tracks, Ravensdale Enduro just passed at the weekend. Well done. It looked like an amazing race. So well done to everybody that got involved and took part and showed their support for that. So well done. Now on to today's show and on episode 93, we welcome back to the podcast Tom Shopland and Hugo Van Dorsen from their trail adventure company called Trail Unknown. Tom and Hugo were on the podcast back on episode 71. So it was great to get them back on the show and hear what they had been up to over the last six months or so. The guys have been super busy finding new trails, organising new routes and offering their clients more options, more excitement and more adventure. Uh, these guys do not sit still, trust me, and uh, they never seem to be off their bikes. They're on Instagram and socials all the time on their bikes. So <laughs> I don't know uh, how they get away with it, but they're they're good lads and they run a great, great guiding company there. Now, their excuse for doing this is to say that they are always finding new ways to give their clients a better experience, a new experience, and something their clients will not find elsewhere. And I think the guys have certainly achieved this. Now, when the guys first came on the podcast, I signed up to the newsletter because I wanted to know how they were getting on and what new stuff that they were rolling out as we had talked about their future plans a little bit on that first episode. And um, I was not disappointed, to say the least. And as things often go, just as I was reading through their latest list of new and updated adventures, they got in contact and we set a date for them to come back on the show and fill us in on what they have been busy working on over the last number of months. So we chat about their first e-bike guided trip, uh, why and how this happened, and why they decided to combine a mountain bike trip with a stand-up paddle boarding session. Yes, an SUP session. It's uh, quite interesting and exciting. The guys have also been busy working on local schools, getting kids and parents out on bikes, and learning how to ride single track all of their own dime, free of charge. The guys are super stoked in this and um, it's great to see people doing this free of charge and getting more people involved, getting more people on bikes. So we also chat about their recent presentation at the London Bike Show, what that was all about, their new bike packing coast-to-coast trip and their exciting news with new partners specialised. And stick around to the end of the podcast and find out also the offer that the guys at Trail Unknown have put on for us and you, the MTB Tribe podcast listener, it's a good deal to get out on the bike and see what the guys have to offer. So stick around to the end of the podcast and you'll hear more information on that. Loads to get into, loads to get through. So let's get the guys on the show and welcome Trail Unknown, Tom and Hugo to the MTB Tribe podcast. Guys, welcome to the MTB Tribe podcast. How are you two fellas doing? Oh, lovely, yeah. I had a good session cleaning the kitchen this morning. Feeling pumped. Oh, wow. The last time I had you on the show, you were just after a ride, and now you're just after cleaning the kitchen. What's happening? (laughs) They grow up so fast and they go. (laughs) Crazy, man. Crazy. Well, thanks again for coming on, guys. I appreciate you coming on the show. Uh, I know you have had lots happening there. 
over last summer and the start of this this season. So uh, we'll get into that. But believe it or not, you were on the show episode seventy one, so it wasn't too long ago. Um, oh, no, it's, uh, it's an honour to be back here. Yeah, thanks so much. But you've had plenty going on, so that's why you're back on. We want to chat to you about it. And um, you're really leading the way there. So uh, I suppose I don't want to go into your backgrounds and stuff like we did previously. Uh, If people want to hear that, they can just go and listen to episode 71. um, And uh, they can get your background, how you get into mountain biking and stuff like that. But just tell us a wee bit about Trail Unknown, um, your your business there, your UK mountain biking guiding company. Just tell us a wee bit about that. Just just a quick a quick rehab of what you guys do. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, Tom and I, uh, Tom and Hugo, uh, we run Trailer and we do mountain bike guiding across the UK in all the national parks uh, and AOMBs. Um, and we just take people out on guided rides and show them all the best trails. Um, we do stuff from one day guided rides up to kind of like multi day kind of epic adventures. Um, and yeah, so we do. <laughs> yeah, it's cool. And like your site's lovely, and and everything's really nice there, and easily laid out and stuff. Are you guys working at that full time now? Near enough. Well, yeah, Hugo, Hugo, you just quit your job, didn't you? Yeah, I just left my job uh, a couple of weeks ago. Um, and Tom, pretty much, you kind of work one day a week, don't you, for another another business? So it's nearly full time. It's not yet, but it's it's getting there. Yeah, and I suppose that's that's the plan. Is that the future kind of plan to be doing it full time? Yeah, that would be the dream. Yeah, very cool. Do you guys see biking there getting more popular? Is it something that you think you could do full time? There's definitely scope for it. Yeah, I think we're we've been figuring it out and figuring out who wants to do uh, guided ride stuff, um, but the kind of demand for people getting into mountain biking as well as we've seen as just people getting really excited about getting outside and i think that's like a general reflection of people um having a bit more understanding about health and well-being and all that kind of stuff so mountain biking is a very exciting avenue for them to, to get into that yeah and you're seeing it coming through and people wanting to do something a wee bit out of their comfort zone because the stuff you guys do is a wee bit different, right? You're not kind of taking people around really well-known trails, just kind of map your own paths as such. Is, is that the way you, you kind of go about it? Yeah, the, the kind of route recce is one of our favourite parts about it. So we um, spend yeah ages and like lo- get to know all the local riders and all the local places and stuff and, uh, yeah, find all the little hidden gems. Yeah, it's cool. It's, it's something that wee bit different. You know, you're not being, you're not getting guided around a trail centre or that kind of thing. You know, you guys are taking people out to where you couldn't really find yourself or it would take you quite a long time to find. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And, and they're kind of linking up all of those best kind of natural trails as well. So it's a full day of, of just awesomeness. Ah, that sounds good. That sounds very good. Um, so, how long's Trail Unknown been going now, guys? So this is our third summer now. Oh, so you're still quite young. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that that's cool. Um, I couldn't remember from the last last time we we chatted how long you had been been running, but yeah, it's quite cool. There's there's quite a lot of guiding things popping up, isn't there? About you know everywhere really. Um, it seems to be just one of those real popular pastimes now for people. Um, 
Have you guys any plans to compete or do you see any competitors coming into the, the market or have you just looked at that? Um, yeah, we definitely have. We've, we've seen all the other stuff that's going on, but our opinion is that it's great for, for the business really um, because there's not enough people getting guided rides out there. People need to open their eyes that getting guides is like an awesome way to unlock a whole uh, area of riding. So the more guides that are out there and the more people that are kind of promoting guides, that will just bring more business our way. And, and we work with a lot of them as well. Like we work with a lot of the local guides in local areas. Um, so actually, yeah, it's all, it's all good in our eyes. And yeah. No, very good. You're, and at least you're doing something you love and you're very passionate about, yeah? Uh, you guys never seem to be off your bikes, that's for sure, when I'm following you on Instagram and stuff. Um, so you enjoy getting on the bike and getting out there, and I think that's that's so important. Um, so for the for the people that haven't heard your first episode on the podcast, just tell us a wee bit about some of your, your trips, your ex, more and dark, more stuff. Just tell us a wee bit about what that's like and, and what people can expect to, to find if they, if they look at those. Okay, yeah, so the... The majority of our trips are kind of like one day guided rides where turn up about 9.30 and we'll uh, get the maps out and show you where we're going to be going. And then we'll ride normally for about two, three hours of natural bluey red, kind of the equivalent of trail center uh, technicality. And it's normally just kind of epic, epic days of looking out across scenic vistas flowy up and downs and yeah looking at all the little hidden tracks that they wouldn't have otherwise found if they weren't there uh, and then we'll find a beautiful little tea room for lunch uh, maybe get some scones on and then with the cream cream and then jam on top that's important and then <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, in the afternoon yeah we'll do it all over again go and find some more trails so we normally ride for about five or six hours on the saddle and um, finish about four or five p.m yeah so it's a good day yeah oh yeah you feel pretty pooped by the end but you feel like you've had a great day yeah yeah cool and do you just do if you're doing the x more one say um is it the same each time or do you just kind of change it up a wee bit no we always we always change it up just for the fun of it for us as well and like depending on what the day is and what the time of year is you've got to be aware of like how the trails are running because there's some trails which can like cross over 11 rivers at a time. And um, they're amazing in the height of summer because you're just absolutely blasting through these rivers. But in winter, you kind of <laughs> you just end up soaking wet and cold and <laughs> people falling in rivers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, you've got to pick, pick, pick it for the right time. Yeah, it's crazy. So is it something, is it something you can run all year round? Yeah, we did try it, didn't we? We did it yeah. over this winter. Like, we kind of thought that it would be seasonal work only, but this winter we decided to put a load of rides on and they filled out nearly more than summer. Really? Yeah, I think people in the summer just got lots of plans. They've got lots of stuff going on. Yeah. In the winter, yeah. they're a bit more open to whatever. Yeah, wow, that that's interesting. And I suppose... You know, maybe going out with a guide at that time of the year is maybe a safer thing to do as well. Like a lot of these places, you guys go, could you easily get lost there? Is it are you away? Are you away from you know towns and stuff like that? If you get lost in the winter, would you be in trouble? Um, yeah, some of the areas we go across Dartmoor and Exmoor, you 
you wouldn't be in trouble, but you'd be you'd be pretty lost and you'd probably be having a pretty bad time. Um, and but you would it wouldn't be too far off a little town or a village, so you, you'd end up okay. Um, but yeah, it wouldn't be as fun. <laughs> No, and especially if you'd fallen in one of those rivers beforehand. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> or you get stuck in the bog. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. And uh, so what's what's the actual what's the ground like? Is it is it a mixture of forest, you know, grasslands? What 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 way is it kind of mixed through? It really varies where we go. So Exmoor is just kind of imagine your usual single track trail. It's like that, but just scattered across like the whole of Exmoor is kind of like loamy, um, a bit, ground's a bit squishy. Um, <laughs> squishy. It's not too muddy. Um, and then if you head over to maybe Dartmoor, it's quite open moorland. Uh, it's um, a bit more, yeah, a lot more open and like the weather can change pretty easily. And the single track is really hard to spot. So if you're kind of five metres in the wrong place, you won't know where you are. Um. But that is like kind of the tracks are a bit deeper. Um, they are a lot more muddy, so yeah, it really varies wherever you go, really. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and what's your what's your most popular one there that you do? Probably Exmoor, yeah, yeah. Exmoor, yeah. Yeah. Okay. And it's so, where where where, where are you guys based? Are you close to there, or? Uh, we're actually based in Oxford at the moment, um, but we um, travel down there quite a lot and, and through Dartmoor. Um, but Oxford is a perfect location because it allows us to go up to Peak District, Surrey Hills, and Exmoor all in that exact same time. time yeah, cool. And uh, so you, do you do um, guides through the week? Is it a weekend thing? How, how does that work? Uh, so, yeah, it's normally a weekend thing. So, um, But we have got private trips that run during the week. So if people are looking to kind of hire, hire a guide during the week, we can facilitate that. Um, and then we do more kind of the kids stuff and, and getting people in the community into cycling during the week. Mm-hmm. So tell us, now, I, want to, I want to chat to you about your EMTB day and your bikepacking day, uh, days and stuff like that. But how do people kind of book with you? What's the easiest way to find out how to, how to book and what's available? Just head on to uh, www.trailunknown.com uh, and... You'll just see all our guided rides on there. We've got a big calendar of stuff um, going throughout the year, which you can book onto those events. Um, alternatively, just drop us an email at ride at trailunknown.com and uh, we'll be able to sort out a private trip for you. Uh, we just need three or more riders, really. Oh, so that's quite good, actually. Yeah. Very good. Um, yeah, and I noticed you kind of update you update your calendar as, as the year progresses. Um I got your email just about new summer dates and stuff like that. So how far in advance do you guys plan those dates? Um, normally about three or four months. We just figure it out as we go along. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and do you do it via, is it kind of popularity or do you just, you know, do you just do one of each area? What way do you normally do you kind of guide it towards the most popular destinations or what way do you, do you go about doing that? We probably should do that. Um, <laughs> but I think it, we, it's more just kind of putting on places that we've just found or like we think is going to be like an awesome trip. So it's more the, it's more or less on demand and more on like what we think the customer will love. Um, mm-hmm. And it and it's ended up around, well, for our like trips, you can book onto about two a month in each location at the moment. Um, but that's just worked out randomly, I think. 
Um, and we'll probably be putting more events up as we go along in the year. We're, we're a bit selfish. We just put chips up that we want to ride. <laughs> oh, very good, very good. Um, no, that's cool, that's cool. I totally understand that for sure. Um, it's, it's a good way to do it in a way, you know. <laughs> So, guys, when you're taking groups out, what's what size are the groups normally, or, or what do you limit it to? Uh, it normally sits around eight people, um, but we can go up to about sixteen. So it, it varies trip on trip. But it's usually around eight. Okay, and you need qualifications and all, obviously, to do that kind of thing. Can you talk us through a wee bit about that? Yeah, absolutely. So um, we are British Cycling Level Two uh, leaders, and then you have your outdoor first aid, um, and then um, have a lot of other stuff as well um tom's doing a mountain leader um but yeah if you're interested in, in doing it definitely recommend um checking out uh ymtb and also mtb leadership um over next more and in wales as well and those guys will be able to help you get your qualifications for your guided um for your guiding yeah. mm-hmm. it's a lot of fun as well yeah and i know i know chatting to some guys in the past that the qualifications vary depending on what height you're going to be guiding. Is that right? Yeah, it is. Uh, so for your level two, it goes up to a certain altitude, but only like areas of York, Yorkshire. Um, it's, it's up trip. to 600 meters. Yeah. So for for like Moreland riding, that's fine. Um, there's only one point in Dartmoor, which is above 600 meters. So we just say, right, guys, you're on your own for this next 10 meters of altitude. Um <laughs> But no, actually, we don't. We don't. We don't go there because that's our, the army own like kind of half of Dartmoor, so it's on the army side. But yeah, if you want to get level three, that allows you to ride six hundred meters plus for your guiding. But when we do that kind of stuff, we hire in other guides who've got the level three stuff, and I'm sure we'll get we'll go and get them soon. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that'll allow you to um, go to any height, so you could go to Europe anywhere in Europe and guide and do all that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, that's cool. So your your level two does that cover you for Europe as well, or is it is it just yeah. mainland? Yeah, it does. Okay. Yeah, the British is worldwide actually. Yeah, it's um, worldwide. There is really? Wow. Stuff in that calendar, and you can't get, but you can just buy that yourself. Yeah, that's pretty. That's pretty cool actually for somebody wanting to get into or maybe wanting to spend a season in Europe guiding or whatever. Um, it would be lovely to do that. Actually, it'd be very nice. <laughs> you're having dreams there Gareth I listen you see when you do the podcast and you speak to so many people um, I was chatting to Matt from they they have a a guiding company in Guatemala Mm. wow and yeah it sounds absolutely amazing guys and uh, but the problem is when you do podcast well it's not a problem but when you do the podcasts you know the guys are all so nice and they invite you to come and stay or if you're ever passing but I was saying to Katrina the other night look you know what, we're just going to have to do a year trip and just go to all these places. <laughs> because I want to go to Tasmania, guys. It's blowing up in Tasmania. It sounds oh, amazing. No, oh, yeah. oh, it's so sick to ride there. But yeah, oh my God, imagine how much your podcast would blow up if you actually just go on some international tour, like <laughs> being with all the like, awesome people with mountain biking around the world. I, be, you know, what a trip, man. I, it would be. And, you know, you could you could put the podcast into it. You could interview people while you're there. Because, you know, I've got... You know, uh, the guys are all like, "Yeah, just come and stay with me. We'll sort it out." And, you know, <laughs> it's it's amazing. So every time I finish a podcast, there's something else goes on the bucket list. You know, 
Well, Gareth, um, you're welcome here anytime. <laughs> thank <laughs> we'll you, guys. We'll work out a date after, after we hang out. <laughs> yeah, cool, cool, cool. And Tom, you you actually travelled. You were in New Zealand for quite a bit of time and stuff. Did you ever go over to Tasmania? Yeah, yeah. Um, in I, th- I think it was like only after like a year after they opened the trails they went over there and they have like a free campsite at the bottom of the trailhead and uh, there's like a river that flows there and like the whole campsite is just full of families and mountain bikers and the trails are just like epic mossy adventures um like some of the trails are like 40k with loads of descending in them they've got loads of altitude there it's just yeah it's a real dream of a place to ride yeah you know and that that blue derby area that was an old mining town and then it got the, the local council or whatever invested so many millions to build in this this mountain bike community and the trails and stuff did do you ever visit blue derby yeah i did yeah how like, good is that place oh it's insane yeah that's um that's the when we were speaking at the london bike show we kind of used that as a case study for showing what happens when the government get behind it and they, they do it in Wales, but um, yeah. So like a little fact that came out of blue Derby is that it contributes $25 million a year in tax revenue to the local government. And that's, as you just said, that's come from a, a mining town, which is like, well, it was like um, lost all of its business kind of thing. So there's only 170 people living there with very little, tax revenue so there's no money in the community and then now it's just boomed from mountain biking yeah because that's crazy because the thing the thing that's happened is they built the trails and then obviously you get all the services that go with that so now you've got bike stores you've got an uplift service you've got hotels popping up there Mm. and the local community's just really embraced the whole thing um and i think they're actually building more trail there as well yeah Um, well I think World Trail, so that's owned by Glenn Jacobs, who who was building all the World Cup downhill tracks in Australia. He he's got like that contract to build there, and his team are just like I follow them on Facebook because it's also just like a dream job, mm-hmm. and they're just always hiring more people to build more trails. Wow, that's crazy! Yeah, because I know a few of the guys that were working on the trails in Blue Derby actually ended up staying there because it was so good. They just yeah. They just got jobs there and stayed there. <laughs> I mean, with a free campsite at the bottom, why not? <laughs> yeah. oh, sounds amazing. Sounds amazing. Uh, so that, well, we'll set that right. That dream section can go to one side and we'll chat a wee bit more. <laughs> uh, so, guys, uh, you're doing a, a an EMTB day. Is this the first one? Yeah, it's the first one, yeah. So days. tell us about that. It, the mount, the the electric mountain bike thing's going crazy too, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, we've just become friends with Specialized, um, and they were telling us that just like how much that electric mountain bike market has grown for them in terms of revenue. So there's, there's massive demands for it, and we've had electric bikers coming out on our guided rides, and we just thought, oh, it's fine to mix them. Um, but actually, when we started riding the electric mountain bikes, we realised you can absolutely go so much faster. I felt bad that we've been holding them back. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's an interesting one, isn't it? And you know, I done a podcast on it as well. Um, 
a number of episodes back with uh, Robert from Free Wheeling because he got he got a lend of an e-bike to to kind of review from the chain reaction guys and then we chat about it on the podcast and it's very interesting and the guys in Malta here do that as well the some of them will go out in e-bikes and some will go out in just normal bikes I think it's okay if you're in a small group but if somebody on e-bikes wanting to get the most value for their money say they probably don't want to be going with guys in normal bikes. Um, so you've decided just to do an e-bike, an e-bike guided tour, just e-bikes alone. Yeah, yeah, and also I think we'll be teaming up. We're just having these conversations at the moment about whether people will be able to also demo e-bikes on those days as well. So mm-hmm. Specialized obviously is interested to let people try the bikes. Um, so we'll be doing these guided days, and hopefully there'll also be the ability for people try out bikes as well on those days mm-hmm. no that that's very cool um so are you going to do is it going to be a full day on the e-bikes um you'll obviously cover a lot more ground um what what is that kind of working out yeah it's mainly just um similar to what we would do normally on a guided ride but a little bit a bit more distance really so it allows us to get in a bit a few more kind of trails that we probably wouldn't take people up just because the climbs are a bit too much um, kind of, we'd be walking otherwise on normal bikes, um, and then ours are just to go a little bit further as well and explore a bit more. Um, but it's just it will just be a little bit different to what our other other guide rides are. Nothing better, nothing worse, just just different. Have, have you ridden one, Gareth? Yeah, yeah, I've been on one. Yeah. What do you think? Yeah, dude. Listen, I I can't complain. You know, if you get off one of those things and you haven't a smile on your face, there's something wrong with yeah. you. <laughs> you know, um, I'll tell I'll tell you a very quick story. Um, uh, how I actually rode one. I was out at a local one of my local trail centres, Castle Wellen, and I was out with one of my mates. Now, my mate's an old school rider. He still rides a steel orange hardtail. Yes. Um, <laughs> you know, old school. He would work. He would ride Regia if if he could get away with it. Um, he hates, he hates e-bikes, doesn't understand them. What, yeah. what's the point of that? So we were out, I had three punctures in about 10 minutes, right? I was out of tubes. So the light was dying. We got back to the trail center. Um, and the guys there said, just take, take a couple of those e-bikes, go and enjoy yourself for 45 minutes. And Colm was like, no, no, no. And I was like, come on, let's do it, bro. So we got on the e-bikes, we blasted around Castle Well and for 45 minutes and those things and it was so much fun <laughs> yeah. and when we got back to the trailhead he cornered a big grin on his face and he was like you know what i totally understand these things there's a place for them and i totally agree with that i i think they're a good thing like what what you guys obviously are finding out that people want to use e-bikes like is that your opinion on it are you getting the demand for it as well yeah we're seeing it yeah for sure and like just even when you're riding the trails you can see that there's like half the people now or nearly half are on e-bikes in some of the places we go so yeah and that that buzz what what i've found was just insane like the first couple of times i rode them was just that flow and like buzz that you get from riding downhill it just never stops like you're just in the zone the whole time because you're not slowing down <laughs> Mm-hmm. yeah no it, it's cool man and i think there's definitely a place for them and you know we've actually started the vitus enduro 
um, races here. The first track fight enduro races that Glen O'Brien does in Ireland. Um, they have introduced a, an e-bike race now, an e-bike, an e-bike category. And even though it's quite small, I think they're getting like six or ten entrants or something, you know, so it is relatively small. But there's certainly a demand there for it. Um, and I think we'll see it. It won't be too long till we see it on the, you know, on the EWS or whatever. But um, no, I, I think there's a place for it. And listen, the bike companies are putting so much money into it and so much research and development into these bikes that it has to go that way. I think the the, the companies will will drive it in that direction that we will see them on the kind of international race circuit, if you like, you know. Um, the only thing which I worry about, which like when I speak with my friends who, uh, you know, that we grew up mountain biking together and we used to buy like 200 quid bikes and go and ride all the jumps and stuff, is just just having these discussions about the accessibility to mountain biking just becoming further and further apart. And as the mountain bike companies start to look towards these like you know, 3,000 minimum up to 5,000 kind of electric mountain bikes, it's becoming their like standard sales kind of mm-hmm. item like what is happening like right at the bottom for those guys so i do also appreciate the the accessibility as an issue hopefully it'll give them more money and then they can reduce the prices of those like kids bikes and stuff but that'd be nice <laughs> yeah you know it's a, it is interesting i think it's very interesting what's going on at the minute what you might find i think um i was chatting to i had alistair beckett who's co-founder of forbidden you know that bike brand yeah yeah forbidden um they're relatively new uh i was chatting to alistair because alistair uh, was the brand manager and the product design manager for nuke proof um and he's he's from belfast so uh, you know i know him quite well and uh so i'd him on the podcast talking about forbidden and we were chatting about the e-bike thing and he thinks it's maybe going to be a good thing because it may allow other brands to sell more bikes at that lower end you know so the introductory bike or you know the the cheaper kind of full suspension bike he feels that there may be the the smaller brands may get more of a market share of that if the if the large guys are concentrating more on high-end and e-bikes and things like that so you never know it's going to be interesting i think yeah that's cool i hadn't thought about it in that way but yeah that, that that gives a room in the market doesn't it yeah yeah so you know, and the next thing then we'll see is the 27.5 and the 29er mixture. You know, this will be the next thing I was yeah. the, the 29 in the front, you know. So, um, <laughs> I had five bikes coming out soon, Gareth. So, uh, <laughs> hey, say sure. again, sorry, flying bikes, flying bikes. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Crazy, man, crazy. Uh, right, let's chat to you about, um, you're also planning to do a, a two-day bike packing guided tour as well. Tell us, tell us a wee bit about that. Yeah, we actually just did the recce a couple of weeks ago, and it was it was so fun. We uh, we kitted up the trail bikes with bike packing gear and just basically just rode trails for five days nonstop. It was yeah. really good. This was your coast to coast thing, was it? Yeah. So from um, Portlock and Exmoor, then down into Plymouth uh, through Dartmoor via Exeter. Uh, it was actually ended up being like a coast to coast to coast trip because uh, <laughs> we went by Exmoor, Exeter, uh, three coasts. Yeah, but it, yeah, it was just a coast to coast trip, as we called it. Mm-hmm. Cool. And yeah. so your 
you're camping out and stuff like that. Take us, take us through what you were doing. So we uh, just had three bivvies um, and sleeping bags, and we started off in kind of the northern part of Exmoor, then worked our way through Exmoor down to the south, uh, and then just camped in camped in the field um, overnight, and then uh, headed down through down to Exmoor, um, down to Exeter, sorry, riding some really fun trails uh, on the way and hooking up with all the locals. Uh, then we did a talk in Exeter, uh, just about kind of mental health and, and mountain biking and getting wow. people into the sport. Uh, had a few beers and a pizza. Uh, woke up a bit eerie-eyed on on the Wednesday, and then delved into Dartmoor. Tom Tom had found this like old uh, abandoned railway, so we kind of like jumped onto that and then just kind of bush and bashed our way through. Ended up in private land by accident, but it was all okay in the end. Um, and then headed into Dartmoor, hooked up with uh, our local guide and mate, Steve, and he showed us around some trails there, and we camped on Dartmoor, and then um, got up early in the morning and headed down into Plymouth for, for breakfast. Sounds pretty cool. And how was the sleeping arrangements? All right, your back wasn't sore or anything? <laughs> there was this one night, Gareth, where we we'd had, we had went for food in the pub, and um, there was nowhere really to sleep, so we had to head up onto the moor. Um, and so we were, we were trying to find this place to sleep. We found this like really nice flat bed like, next to the river. And there was this river and then there was this like old like cross, like this big like stone cross. And mm-hmm. Tom, and, Tom and Magnus were just like, yeah, yeah, we'll be fine. We'll just sleep near here. And I was just like, no way. Are we sleeping near this? <laughs> it was a great, obviously, it was a graveyard it was on like, top of Dartmoor. <laughs> so we were like on top of the moor and there was, yeah, it was like a boggy patch. That's why we couldn't find anywhere to sleep. But it was like dark and we were just done. So we needed to sleep, really. And um, yeah, the flat patch, there was just a gravestone there. So <laughs> it was a very, very old one. So I'd like to think uh, the person, if they were buried there, would have, would have liked the outdoors. Right? So us camping near them would have been disrespectful. Yeah, they maybe have been welcome. You know, they'd welcomed yeah. a bit of company over the night. Yeah. I used Thomas protection, so it was fine. Yeah, he got <laughs> snuggled in the middle. <laughs> cool. And you chatted there about going on to private ground. Do you ever run into issues like that about ground you're not supposed to be on and stuff? How do you just kind of organise that? With with every kind of when you're doing a bit of trail hunting, it does end up kind of going the wrong way sometimes. Um, obviously, we're pretty good now at kind of map reading and using the right GPS systems and stuff. But we have had the occasion where doing like kind of recce's we've ended up in private land um normally we just kind of head back the other way or kind of explain our situation um but it just means that when we when we actually put on the trips we've kind of ironed out everything we know exactly where we're going and it's just not going to ever happen on a on a on a trip with customers um but it has happened um when we do recce's yeah yeah on that on that coast to coast ride there was a bit of a an experience where we dropped out onto this farm and the horses had the kind of blindfolds on and the horses were like galloping everywhere like mad. And it was a kind of a bit like this storm of power going on around us and we weren't really sure what to do. But we just descended a massive hill. So we were kind of like in the farm and we didn't really want to turn around and go back up the hill. And then there were loads of massive dogs barking and then the farmer came out and shouting with all the horses like in a whirlwind. So you can <laughs> kind of find yourself in some sticky situations, but when you just say like i'm really sorry i just like riding bikes and i'm a bit lost normally it works out all right yeah 
You see, if you've done that in Ireland, you'd end up with a double barrel shotgun on your face. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, the guys are all right. Um, yeah, no, it makes it interesting, huh? you know what I mean? And I suppose... I suppose you enjoy that in a way as well. You're finding, you're cutting these new paths and stuff, and it's all part of the adventure. Yeah, for sure. And you want to, I mean, we want to be able to give customers that feeling as well, is that adventure side of things, but without the horse whirlwind at the end. So you just kind mm-hmm. of have to fi- find that fine balance. <laughs> classic, classic. Um, so do you find that, or you think that the bike packing thing is going to be quite popular? Again, you're, you're putting one on. Do you kind of put one on just to validate it, see how popular it is, how people enjoy it, and, and then go from there? Yeah, pretty much. I guess going back to that being selfish thing, we're, just, we're curious about doing things. So put something on that sounds cool and then just yeah, see what happens from there. This is the first time that we're running a bike packing trip, which is in mid-July. We're doing... Um, two night two day thing across the peat district so we'll, we'll see how that goes mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and i'm interested you know what kind of clients you get is it beginners is it experienced bikers what, what way you find in the kind of percentages of that coming to you uh they're, so they're normally intermediate riders so if you either if you're really experienced and you're just keen to explore a new area then uh, we can help you out but also if you're kind of got into mountain biking you've got yourself a bike and you're um kind of you can ride blues and maybe reds at a trail center and you're keen to kind of explore and meet new people then we also cater to those individuals as well so normally just above the kind of beginner stage and upwards mm-hmm. yeah and your your site's quite good because it does tell you um like this this guided tour is for a beginner or for intermediate and stuff like that so you do you do mention that on your site yeah yeah Aye, that's cool because I suppose, well, I suppose, and you know, it's one of those things when you put, a, you don't really know who's coming. So you have to assess people's abilities kind of on the ground there and then. Um, so do you get people that are, that say, yeah, they're really good intermediate riders and, and they come up and they're really not? They're kind of I reckon every person, actually, no, no, I'd say every male who comes along overstates their ability and every well, female who comes along understates their ability females definitely understate their ability for some reason um i'd say that like we, we've, we normally have about three guides on our trips like even with a group of eight there's quite a lot of guides around so if there's like someone who is really like beginner level we can just um kind of cater a ride to them maybe separate from the group um but all the trails we ride we ride like everyone goes up together like just in a usual casual way as you would do on a normal ride and then we'll all just wait at the bottom so if you're like uneasy or a beginner and stuff like that we can still kind of case the ride for you um not much changes it just means we're waiting at the bottom for um for someone and normally due to the nature of how we like manage everything it works out fine mm-hmm. we're not going to go do crazy jumps and like big gap jump big like kind of um gaps and drops and stuff it's all rollable stuff and it's all just kind of flowy and, and kind of smile producers. So you're never going to kind of run into that issue, really. Um, yeah. yeah like we've, no, that... we've had like kind of EWS riders along with kind of people who have literally just started riding bikes on the same ride. And there's been no like issues whatsoever. Wow. That's pretty cool. Huh? Yeah, yeah. We thought it'd be a bit difficult, but <laughs> if anything, like it just, yeah, it's all good. <laughs> and, it, and it kind of showed, because those people who are, 
like kind of getting into mountain biking. So there's typically people who've like bought a bike and they're like a year into riding or something and they they wouldn't otherwise be exposed to that kind of style of mountain biking. Like they wouldn't go and do those kind of adventures on their own or they wouldn't have ever ridden next to an EWS rider and seen them like whooping and like this kind of lines that they would take. Um, and then similarly, like an EWS rider maybe isn't that exposed to like talking about their lines with someone who's just getting into the sport. So you, you kind of create this really interesting social dynamic. Mm, yeah, no, that that's pretty cool. Um, and I'm sure it's really good for the, the beginner rider to see somebody like that riding and thinking, wow, like, you know, this is what's possible. Yeah, because they, they have no idea sometimes some of the crazy things that happen in mountain biking. <laughs> Aye, that's pretty cool that's pretty cool um so hugo i seen a video of you on a bright yellow bike and um i was thinking to myself these guys are up to something uh <laughs> so tell us about about that have, have you got sponsorship there or have you been helped out by by a bike company uh he's on to us totally no. <laughs> yes uh so we've we've uh, got some friends uh with one of the bright band specialized um and we're helping them organize some kind of customer success trips, I guess, coming up in the summer. Um, so stay tuned to hear more about, about that sort of thing. It's pretty exciting. Um, yeah, I think and, we're not allowed to like, because they're using it as a bit of like an exciting, like big release thing. So we're not really allowed to like, talk about the details of it. But we're basically okay. running some trips for them. Um, and they're going to be absolutely stepping up because they've just allowed us to kind of go crazy with our like creative juices. And they're happy to put the bill. So there's some wicked things coming up very cool so have they given you guys bikes um to use is it done through a local bike store what way has it worked um we're just the specialized uh, kind of adventure ambassadors i guess uh, adventure and e-bike ambassadors so um they've given us a couple of bikes to try out and yeah it's, it's a lot of fun right? it's just <laughs> just riding bikes and yeah it's a cool relationship because i think the guys over the, the team over there uh really creative they're really kind of they're keen to try new things and they're keen to listen to uh, me and tom's crazy ideas as well which is which is nice <laughs> <laughs> so did they get in contact with you or did you reach out to them um it was i think just came together can't remember they it just yeah. i think they kind of like kind of touched base of us and then we kind of put together some crazy ideas and then they were like this sounds pretty good <laughs> happy days so what about what bikes are you riding then? Uh, so we've got two stunt jumpers. Um, I ride an XL and Tom rides a large. And then we've got a two Canevos as well, haven't we? But I think they're being replaced by Evos shortly. Mm-hmm. Excellent, excellent. Now, you guys hire bikes as well for somebody that's wanting to come on the trip. Is that going to be a specialised or how do you, you organise that? Uh, so we just hook up with local um, kind of people who, who hire bikes in local areas. Um, Maybe in the future, not sure. At this point in time, on the next podcast, ask that question, and we might have a <laughs> might have a different answer. But uh, yeah, at the moment, it's just kind of local local bike hirers. Yeah, well, that's cool. I, I like that element as well because you're involving the local stores and stuff. So that's pretty cool. Yeah, absolutely. I think wherever we go, we try and invest as much as we can into the local community and stuff. Um, and I think yeah, keeping bike hire obviously is a good thing as well. Yeah, and do you, yeah, like I think it's very cool. Do you get many people actually hiring bikes, or do most people bring their own stuff? 
Uh, most people bring their own, but I mean, we've got, so not this weekend, but next weekend, we have a yoga and mountain biking uh, trip. And so everyone there is hiring bikes because it's kind of aimed at beginners. Mm-hmm. So it depends yeah. which trip really, but mostly people bring their own. And I see you're doing an SUP ride trip as well. Yes, that is the brainchild of Tom. Uh, <laughs> he went on a paddleboarding trip with, um, yeah, I've got my, my mate, Kev Brady, he's like runs, I suppose like the equivalent of what we do, but for paddleboarding. Mm-hmm. And he's like a really cool dude. He like spends his winters doing big paddleboard missions where he like straps all his gear onto his board and just camps alongside the river and spend months just going down like the longest rivers in the world kind of thing. So he's, he's quite a character in himself. Um, and we kind of teamed up with this idea of doing like a, a one day paddleboarding and then the second, and then camping along the river. And then the second day, like riding back to the original start point. Mm. He, he's always got this problem of like, you go down the river and then you're there. And then like, you don't paddle back up the river. You have to like get transport, like you just jump in a van. So I was like, oh, well, let's do it in a place which is epic down the river and we can go through the forest to cycle back kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that's cool. That's something a bit different. And again, this is the first one you're doing of those. Yeah, yeah. Another one of these kind of selfish experiments, but a lot of people <laughs> booked on, so it should be cool. I cool. Well, SUP is it's getting very popular, you know, and uh, why not have a bit of fun and, and link it with something yeah. you really enjoy too? yeah cool guys cool well you've got plenty going on there anyway um no let, let's chat about the london bike show because you've done a chat there and stuff and um i'm keen to hear what what that was about and what you've got up to there so so take us through that if you will uh so we just got invited to talk uh whatever they just gave us a call and they said would you like to talk about kind of riding in natural areas in the uk and mountain bike the whole mountain biking scene um so we just gave a talk about about that uh, and it kind of went on a little bit more about how the uk needs to be doing better with getting supporting mountain biking um on like a tourism aspect really mm-hmm. yeah and was that a busy show like were you were you chatting to a lot of people there how did it work yeah absolutely there was all all the key kind of brands there and all of the um the tourism boards there which was great um, and I think quite a couple of the tourism boards kind of came up and spoke to us uh, as well after our talk. Um, so that was also interesting. It's, um, always, it's always kind of crazy, those events, because there's always like the tourism board of Croatia and Nepal and Italy and all those kind of things. But there's never the tourism board of, of any country in the UK. There's no like internal promotion. For some reason, all holidays are set up to like send people abroad and not really keep them like looking around their own country so we were kind of just addressing that and saying that we wish that um england was being a bit more proactive on that front yeah because we chat a wee bit there about tasmania and, and what they have done and was that the some you said you used that as a, a, a you know as a kind of yeah, yeah. Like, is that what you were chatting about there is that what you were trying to kind of promote and, and how the mountain bike industry kind of guide industry can bring more revenue into these these areas that normally wouldn't find any kind of tourism revenue was that what you were kind of chatting about yeah well, that was it because we were just trying to show that mountain biking really has benefits in terms of the mountain bikers spend money and that's been proven um scotland have done like extensive research in the mountain bike tourism industry and 
Um, yeah, so we were just kind of like bringing kind of some of these facts and what I mentioned earlier about Blue Derby and how that exploded after the, just through mountain biking after being kind of like an abandoned mining town. And so what we find in England is that when you speak to the kind of top level people, so talking about the National Trusts and um, yeah, like the big land managers, national mm-hmm. parks and the tourism boards. So when you're kind of speaking with the high brass, they really are not very supportive of mountain biking, whereas it's been proven in other places that if they can get behind mountain biking from the top level, um, that it really has its benefits. So we're just trying to knock on some doors and just try and open people's eyes a bit to that to those situations. And, mm-hmm. and on that, it's, it's quite a simple answer, which is just they need to be, they need to help market it and they need to be friendly, more online presence. Because like the infrastructure in these national parks is already there. There's a fantastic like network of bridleways and, and paths and, and tracks. Um, but they just are not helpful with mountain bikers, um, with like promoting and stuff. Like you go on the an example is like go on the Visit England website and there's literally just a picture of a lady holding a surfboard, like not wearing a helmet, cycling. There's like no surf in the background. And like mountain biking is under extreme sport and there's one link to it. It's just like, surely if someone like is coming to England to go on a mountain bike trip and they type in like mountain biking, visit England, like all that's going to come up is there like a picture of this lady cycling on sand. It's like, surely there should just be links to all the national parks, links to all of the areas where you can go riding. It just mm-hmm. needs to be a little bit more. They just need a little bit more tuned in. Um, yeah. I know they don't have the money right now because of the Brexit issue, but. I just think little little changes could make a huge difference to these local areas and these local villages. Um, yeah. So the national parks, they're not signposted for riding or anything like that? No. Nothing like that. So there's no, you can't roll up there and, and get any kind of guided assistance, you know, like a, a guide map or anything like that. Is there any of that kind of thing goes on for bikers or is it all aimed at walkers? Some some places are good, like Forest is, um, New Forest is pretty good at that sort of thing. Um, but yeah, mainly the majority of the times we see is that like they're not great at that sort of thing. I mean, mm-hmm. even for walkers, like the majority of the time when you turn up to the national parks, you have to just grab an OS map. Like it's not like there's routes to find. Like I found when we were traveling Australia and New Zealand, who'd spent a bit more money on tourism that they you turn up to like a, a hub of the national park or like a hub of a nature reserve and there would be like different length walking routes and mountain bike routes which have been mapped out and you follow kind of wooden posted areas which would take you on like a tour of the like nice areas of that place mm-hmm. whereas our national parks you you kind of just turn up and you, either you know it or you don't yeah it's yeah that's frustrating that is you know um because it's there they just have to put a bit of thought into it and spend a little bit of money on it and you know they could have so many more people visiting it yeah and that's that's where we kind of try to approach that with the whole accessibility thing which is well if we want more people to be healthy and more people getting outside then you need to remove the barriers to access and whether that's bike or walking or whatever it is, like if they don't know where to go, then what what are they meant to do? Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it's it's frustrating. Um, so, what kind of feedback did you just get from from your chat there at the show, guys? So we so we got approached by um, 
the Scottish Tourism Board and kind of Mountain Biking Board and the Wales Tourism Board and Mountain Biking Board, and they're doing like great things. They're producing, check out MB Wales if you can. It's like this online resource that um, has all of the local trails mapped out, uh, natural and also uh, kind of trail centers, along with all the local businesses that you can hook up with, like accommodation, cafes and stuff. And um, I guess at the moment it's still a project that's in the background. Um, but if you get a chance, head over to um, MTB England. It's another project that Tom and I are kind of working on in the background that is going to be an equivalent of MB Wales. So all of the natural trails kind of like marked out with GPX routes, um, all of the best places to go stay, uh, all of the best cafes, all the local guides. Um, and hopefully it will be like a, a resource made by locals um, that you can head to when you're heading to these areas these national parks and you'll kind of it'll post you in the right direction mm-hmm. sounds good you guys get better be careful because you'll end up with a desk job working for the national tourism board or something <laughs> <laughs> i wouldn't have thought so mate <laughs> uh that's that's exciting that's interesting and who asked you to actually go and chat at the show uh, I think it was just the person that organises, wasn't it, Carol? I think she's just the person who organises the talkers. She just gave us a ring and asked if you wanted to, to come on. Yeah, well, that's quite interesting because, you know, they obviously know there's a need for that kind of thing and, and they want that they want that to progress a bit quicker or something. So that's quite interesting that they actually asked you to come on and chat about that. Yeah, it was really cool. It was also cool to see all the other people that were speaking there um, and it was just me and Tom and the, all these other kind of famous people. So that was, it was quite, quite yeah. fun. And like, yeah, that was a bit crazy. Like <laughs> after us was like G Afton and like talking about, you know, the Afton bikes coming up and we were just mm-hmm. a bit like, we're just a couple of idiots talking about how we want people to ride bikes more. <laughs> well, <yeah. laughs> were, were, were you nervous? Uh, we were pretty nervous. Yeah. It, I think it all came fun. out. My, my dad um, turned up to, to like say hi and I didn't know he was coming. So when I when we were standing on the stage just about to talk, they literally turned the microphone on and then I just shouted, Dad! And then the whole <laughs> the whole audience and like everyone in the whole show looked around because there was just this booming voice and then suddenly the microphone like turned off again. Uh, but it was pretty funny. <laughs> oh, classic. Did you take your bike as props or anything like that? No, there were plenty of other bikes there though that um, were, were lying around that we we used, um, but now we didn't. We, we did for our talk in Exeter, and we did that coast to coast talk. We had all our bike packing gear there, and everyone, people weren't actually mountain bikers who were at that talk, so they were just like blown away by the bikes and all the gear and everything, and so that was cool. I it, so I think props are always good to calm the nerves a bit. <laughs> I don't know what. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, classic. Well, that's good, guys. I'm glad you got to do that. That and hopefully you'll be asked back next year. You know that'd be pretty sweet. Um, so cool. Now, chat to us about your after kids school MTB club. Um, I know this is a new thing for you as well, and I know you've been kind of you've been looking at the education thing, the education work through mountain biking for quite a while. But tell us about your after kids school club. It sounds quite interesting. So um, yeah, so we've done it for free like up on every week on wednesday afternoons like after school we've invited kids from the age of eight to 16 to come along and encourage their parents and guardians to join them so we're actually getting them coming out with their parents and what we found by involving the parents is that 
it means they've also got an adult who would take them out cycling as well as just this, as well as just the mountain bike club. Because um, it's kind of, I suppose, trying to encourage like that family environment of doing things, not just the kid wanting to do it and they can only do it in the club. So, yeah, it's ho- hopefully just kind of changing a few lifestyles. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and what kind of interest are you getting in that? It's been doing really, yeah, it's, people are really interested. It's great. Yeah, people are really so, responsive to it. Yeah, yeah, that's classic. And do the kids need their own bike? And how does how does that work? At this point in time, yes. So you're, um, we can't really supply bikes, but we are speaking with the local um, council and government to try and get some sort of funding for a fleet of bikes. So um, again, early doors, early stages. But um, yeah, hopefully we will have a fleet of bikes, and then we can get anyone from any level, any background. Um, and we can really actually start impacting people's lives who can't afford or from less kind of affluent areas um, who can't afford bikes and get them into cycling or get them into nature and stuff. So fingers crossed that'll happen pretty soon. Mm-hmm. And do you find, do many kids around eight or nine years old, do they come there having never ridden a bike before? So last Wednesday, this kid turned up and, uh, his mum was like, yeah, oh yeah, he doesn't he doesn't ride much. And he was I was watching him, he was following Tom. Like Tom was like going all around the trail, like going everywhere. And this kid was like just jumping up and down, like popping around, <laughs> jumping through the puddles. He was so good. So like, yeah, I think they just have this like natural ability to learn really fast. Yeah, like he was whenever I'd look back, he was doing everything, like to every movement that I was doing. Like I was riding up and down the banks and like just bouncing around on my suspension and stuff. And like everything he was copying. So it's, it's so cool. We haven't really had like the kids turn up yet who like can't ride bikes. So that'll be interesting when that happens. But we'll, we'll address it when it comes. Mm, yeah. And I'm sure, I'm sure you see some old school bikes arriving at those kind of things. Like the, <laughs> the old full suspension bikes that you can buy for like a hundred pounds and stuff. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Do you, you see loads of that showing up? Yeah, all, all the supermarket shredders are coming out. Yeah, yeah. But it's cool, man. It's cool that you can get them out on. So you're using kind of like natural trails, are you? It's just not around car parks and stuff like that. Yeah, no, we're doing proper kind of like mini scaled down mountain bike tours. So we're going out and riding the local woods and rideaways and that kind of stuff. So we're kind of applying what we've learned on our tours, but just making it friendly for the kids. Mm. and the parents are stoked about it the parents love it mate yeah <laughs> yeah and it's not like the old surf schools back at back at home where the parents just come and say take my kids for two hours see you later on my way to the coffee shop it's not like that the, the parents have to be actually involved i take it well we haven't said they have to be we've encouraged them so that you know it's like so they can spend time with their kid as well because at the end of the day they've been at work and the kid's been at school so it's kind of like an activity for them to bond over to mm-hmm Mm-hmm. now it sounds amazing and then hopefully obviously they will do it on their own uh, their own time they can go out and ride around the national parks and stuff themselves yeah exactly yeah classic and uh, i suppose you get a lot of the kids looking at your specialized and going wow you know how much does that well it's the price of a car but sure it's great <laughs> <laughs> that, especially if he goes on the electric bike on wednesday and they're just like what <laughs> what's that <laughs> And then mm-hmm. I had to change over because, one of the, yeah, it's normally we get to the hills and then there's someone who doesn't want to go up the hill that I then swap. So I was riding this old Apollo <laughs> Apollo from Halfords 
it was about extra small up the hill while this <laughs> while one of the mums was just like hooning up the hill on the e-bike um, <laughs> <laughs> it's all good yeah gears slipping in your knee bouncing <laughs> off the... yeah yeah ah oh, dude yeah i remember those days crazy <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Crazy. I, well, so, I remember there being a day where I went riding with my mate. I didn't even have a chain. We went and we went and rode like dirt jumps or whatever, and he had to tow me into all the jumps. What? So, yeah. <laughs> you just don't care as a kid, do you? You just no. ride anything. You just like. <laughs> yeah, you you just get on with it, and even you know, I remember as a kid, um, it didn't it didn't matter what bike I had, but I, let's say I wanted a GT or something. If I just put a GT sticker on it, all of a sudden <laughs> it was a GT. You know, so true. <laughs> yeah, and that that's the way you worked back then. But um, ah, it's cool, man. It's cool. It's really good you're getting kids involved because at the end of the day, if the kids aren't getting involved in the in the scene, it, it's never going to last. You know, you need that younger youth coming up. To, to keep the industry rolling so um happy days well done guys and you know you're doing that for free like that's pretty cool to do to take to take time out and do that for free so so cool was it was it one of your ideas or did you both have the idea i know you've been doing the wolf pack program thing for a while and stuff but you know what made you want to do that obviously man like kids these days just like spending time on their phones and like more and more like mental health is becoming a massive issue and I think that's just with the increase in social media and people sitting inside spending time on their phones and laptops and xboxes and playstations and stuff and they forget what's just in their back garden and I think it's just really important like now more than ever that we start doing these sort of things mm-hmm. um, and if we can kind of almost shift our business to be more of a kind of a social enterprise side of, side of things and do more things for the community I think it will yeah it helps us get up in the morning and i think it will help other people do that too but if you think different from them yeah no that's what i think our, our dream is really to try and have like the mountain bike tours as a way to financially support ourselves and do that on the weekends and whatever but then like during the week it's all about just getting people into it right from the beginning and getting the community community like motivated and stuff so yeah that that would really be like a dream way that we'd see the business going is like a social enterprise mm-hmm. yeah and it certainly needs that you know uh, i think if you have that social that kind of lifestyle social thing behind you it really it really does help and working with the kids and stuff is is really amazing it's really good to get them involved so my hat's off to you guys well done <laughs> well done brilliant stuff and i'm sure specialized happy about that too you know you're representing them, obviously, and and it's pretty cool for them too to be involved with that. So tap on their door, see if they can't get you a number of bikes to help out. Yeah, that's a good yeah, idea. Yeah, you're not the first person to say that. Well, um, yeah, we should we'll send them an email after this. Yeah, just send them an email. Where's the kids' bikes? Yeah. <laughs> They'll be here tomorrow. <laughs> class, guys, class. Well, listen, um, anything new plan for the future we haven't chatted about or anything or any new kind of guided tours you're thinking of in the near future um i'd say check out our calendar if you can um just check out our website trailerknown.com and also hook us up if you fancy kind of thinking of any crazy adventures that you want to put together um and we can put a quote quote together for you like we're always keen to hear of like really fun private adventures that people want to do and normally we can try and make them happen 
relatively in, in your budget kind of thing. Um, so yeah, focus up, get in touch. Yeah, that's cool. So, so say if there was four or five guys wanted to go from A to B, could they get in contact with you and say, guys, look, we want to go from here to here. Can you organize it for us? Is that something you'd be willing to do, like that kind of private thing? Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. I think like after doing some more bikepacking stuff, we're starting to realize the value of supporting like point-to-point adventures because it's just one of those things that you wouldn't otherwise do. So... Yeah, I think we're going to start doing some kind of like trans-national park stuff. Yeah, it sounds it sounds cool, guys. I, I really like it. I like the I like the vision of it. It's it's pretty cool. And I think people are wanting more of an adventure thing. Do you not do you not find that that you know the trail center thing's great and everything that's brilliant for a day. But when people want to do two or three days, um, having somebody like yourselves on board who are experienced, I think it makes it makes it a lot more enjoyable because you get more time riding your bike and less time worrying if you're lost, you know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I think anyone who comes and rides Exmoor without a guide, if they've never been there before, they hate it. Like they just think that they've spent the whole time going uphill. So it can really make a difference to your day. Yeah, I can definitely see that for sure. All right. So guys, how can people best get in contact with you and find out what's happening and get on your socials and stuff? Uh, so just head to at trail unknown or drop us an email at ride at trail unknown.com. Um, or yeah, just, I'm sure there'll be a link at the bottom of this, uh, this lovely podcast that you can head to. Yeah, certainly. I'll put all the links on there for, for them and stuff. And uh, I'll put that video Hugo of you on your bright yellow specialized. <laughs> that's cool and um, i seen one of the comments on there how do you film when you're riding so fast how did you film that <laughs> so I, I was i was there's like a bridleway next to it but it's like quite a rocky bridleway and i was just going as fast as i can holding my phone in one hand and trying <laughs> you to did look not film that on your phone really it's yeah. so budget yeah. i was just holding my yeah. phone like look like at hugo while riding next to him with one hand on the brake <laughs> on a rocky bridleway <laughs> <laughs> Oh dear, classic, classic. You know, well, I hope you're wearing a helmet. Yeah, of oh, course. <laughs> well, guys, listen. Thanks so much for coming on on the show again. It was great to have a chat with you. You're a good lads. You're a good bit of crack there. So, um, you're doing what you're loving, and I love what you're doing. So, happy days. Well done, guys. Cheers, guys. Cheers, guys. Thanks for having us on. Speak to you in the near future. Keep me informed if, if anything going crazy and uh, any crazy helicopter guided tours or anything like that. That's that's more up my. <laughs> No. <laughs> we'll keep you in the loop. Have a great day. Cheers, dude. Have a great day. Bye now. That's a wrap for episode 93, folks. I hope you enjoyed that. And Tom and Hugo, thanks so much for coming back on the show and filling us in on what new stuff you have planned there and what you've got going on at the minute. It's all very exciting. I love the way you're combining SUP and you're getting the e-bike stuff out there. And um, it's very, very good to see. And I hope you guys have a great summer season there this year. So, folks, if you want to know more about Trail Unknown, what Tom and Hugo are getting up to, simply go to the show notes, mtb-tribe.com. You will find all the links and all the info you need there to get in contact with Tom and the guys at Trail Unknown. Find out their calendar, find out what they've got going on, and um, it's all good stuff. Now, if you want to help the show, the best way to support is to subscribe and rate the show, reviewing us on Apple Podcasts. Every one of your ratings helps. 
boosts us on the old Apple algorithms and helps spread the good word about the show to more people. Now, if you're not on Apple Podcasts, don't worry. You can find us and subscribe via Stitcher, Spotify and Podbean. We also have a website, mtb-tribe.com, where you can find the complete back catalogue, listen and download every show from there. You can also subscribe there and get one email per week, just with a quick synopsis and easy link to the show, who's coming on and a little bit about what the show is going to contain. Now, it's all free, folks. It doesn't cost a dime, so you can get involved without worrying about breaking the bank balance. Now, you can also get involved, obviously, on the old social medias. We are on Instagram and Facebook, at MTB Tribe, and you can take screenshots there, share the show, share any of the posts. Um, just get the word of mouth out there. It's great, and uh, all your all your interaction and getting involved with the show really, really helps. Now, you can also email me directly at info at mtb-tribe.com and I do read all emails and I will get back to you. So a little bit more about the offer. The guys at Trail Unknown have been really kind and are going to give the MTB Tribe podcast listeners 10% off their first ride with the Trail Unknown guys. So to take advantage and get your 10% off your first ride, all you have to do is email the guys about what trip you're interested in and mention the discount code MTB Tribe Unknown. That's all one word, MTB Tribe Unknown. Now, you can find out more by simply going to the MTB Tribe podcast website. Go to the resources page and you'll get a quick link to the guys there and how you can get involved. You can also just simply go to trailunknown.com, go to the website, get in contact via the email address and you can mention that discount code and get 10% off your first ride. The discount code is available for all 2019 trips. So it's that simple. Just get in contact with the guys and they will give you that discount. So thanks again, folks, for tuning in and being part of the MTB Drive podcast. I really do appreciate it. And I will see you next week for another episode. But until then, get out on the bike, enjoy the trails, and I hope the weather stays good for you.